highest of heights to the depths of the sea. But I notice when it says in verse 1 there, the, when, they, when it was told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. And so David now, he's, he's got to think about um, these people. Saul should have been the one. Saul and his army should have been the one delivering Keilah from this enemy uh, uh, combat, this, this, this battle that was going on. But who did they go to? They, went to? they heard that David was in the area, and so they reached out to David because not everybody was opposed to David, but they were afraid to be associated with him because they knew Saul was after him. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Our scripture today says the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and they are robbing the threshing floors. God called David to answer this plea for help because Saul was not fulfilling his role as king over Israel. It was Saul's job to protect Keilah and it was Saul's job to fight the Philistines. But Saul wasn't doing his job. God loved his people too much to let them suffer with an unfaithful king. If Saul wasn't up to the task, God would raise up a man who was, and David was that one. Even today, if we don't hear the Lord's direction to act, he will raise someone else up in order to fulfill his purpose. Now let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23 as Pastor Rob begins in verse 1. Good to see you all tonight. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel. Chapter 23, we're going to read through the chapter, and then we'll go back and take a look at it. If you recall, David is now on the run from Saul. He's been on the run since chapter 20. Last week when we looked at this, um, in chapter 22, we saw that You know, Saul becoming more unhinged and more uh, suspicious, more jealous. He finally takes out his revenge on the priests uh, of Nob. At this time, Nob, remember, is a, a town uh, probably about a, a mile and a half away from Jerusalem, over on the Mount of Olives side. And uh, the priests were there. The tabernacle was there at that time. And remember, David went there because he was running from Saul and, and feigned to be on the king's business. And so he comes to the priest there at Nob, and he claims to be, you know, that he's got men, but they're not with him. He, he's really kind of all alone and obviously very hungry, very discouraged, and very distraught, knowing that he had very few allies. In fact, the only two allies at this point in David's life are really the Lord, Samuel, and Jonathan. Jonathan, King Saul's son. And, and so you remember that he went to the priest there, and the priest allowed him to, to have the, the showbread, which um, wasn't lawful for him to have, but he allowed it, 
out of the need of David and his men, which I'm assuming were hiding out in the hills somewhere. And then Saul finds out about this, and he comes and he summons the priests to Gabeah, where Saul's hometown is. And Saul turns to, the, to Ahimelech, the priest, and he says, Why have you conspired against me, and why are you helping my enemy? And of course, Ahimelech was completely unaware of any of this, because he believed David's lie. And as a result of that, Saul, in his rage, takes his revenge on the priest, thinking that somehow they've conspired against him and, um, and being for David, Saul's enemy. And so Saul asked his army to kill the 85 men, these 85 priests, and their conscience wouldn't let them do it. And so he looks at this man who, his name's Doeg, and Doeg, the Edomite, he says, you fall upon them and you kill the priests. And Doeg, seeking to curry favor with King Saul, does that very thing and he kills 85 of the priests. But one of the men escaped and his name was Abiathar. Abiathar. And so we pick up now in chapter 23. Let's read it together. It says, then they took David... Then they told David, excuse me, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go, to, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. And so David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Now it happened when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand, and Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered me, delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege it, to besiege David and his men. And when David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. And then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord says, he will come down. And then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. And so David and his men, about 600 men, arose and departed from Keilah and went wherever they could go. And then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, so he halted the expedition. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. And so David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. And then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. 
He sh- you shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. And so the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. And then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding with us in strongholds in the woods, in the hill of Hakalah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all your desire of your soul. Come down, and our part will be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure, and see the place where his hiding place is, and who has seen him there, for I am told that he is very crafty. So therefore, see therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with certainty, and I will go out with you. And it shall be, if he is in the land, that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. So they arose, and they went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. And when Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, they told David, and therefore he went down to the rock, and he stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. And then Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And so David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come. For the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore, Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they call that place the Rock of Escape. And then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at Engedi. At Engedi, what an amazing um, passage this is! Again, just David running again for his life. Let's go back to the very uh, first verse here in. Chapter 23. This town of Keilah is uh, a town. It's, it's uh, directly south of Adullam's cave. If you remember, uh, David was hiding there with his men, and uh, Adullam is not very far away from the place where David slew Goliath, actually. It's just a little bit south uh, east of the place where David and Goliath had the battle. And it's a place that... Um, it's, 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 a very, it's about 500 feet high, and it's just littered, this whole area is just littered with caves and, and, and pocks and holes and, and things, and some of those caves can fit several hundred men all at once. And so this was a great place for David to hide, and, and so that's, that's exactly where they went. And this place, Keilah, the name means fortress, and this place is about, 50, about 1,600 feet above sea level. So it's a, it's a good place. The name of it speaks for itself, a fortress. We're going to see in this chapter that, in chapter 22 actually, David, if you recall, he was in Adullam's cave. And then he flees to the west, or to the east of that, to a place called the Forest of Hereth. And it's interesting, as you look at this on a map, if you're to follow these names and follow it on a map, what, what's happening here is David is doing this kind of pattern. If you can look up at me right now, he starts in Adullam, he goes over to the forest of Hereth, then he goes down to Keilah, then to the wilderness of Ziph, and then to the wilderness of Maon, and then finally further over to Engedi, which is on the coastline of the Dead Sea where we visited this last March. And uh, we'll talk more about that when we get there, but 
just the erratic pattern, and it's sort of like a gazelle running from a lion, because that's really what David was. He was a hunted man. He was a high target, a high-prized target for Saul. Saul was so enraged with David, so jealous of his, of his military prowess, certainly jealous the fact that David could play the guitar and he could not. I'm convinced of it. He was a musician. And again, I, I'm so enamored by that because very rarely is a warrior a sensitive musician. It's usually the guys who's got the bloody knuckles and, you know, they're out in the war. The, the, the last thing I want to look at is an artist. I mean, they're just not that kind of people, you know. But David was one of those individuals. He was just very unique, very creative. And aren't you glad that God makes us all very unique, that we're not cookie cutters? He doesn't make us all the same. The same spirit can indwell us, but, the, but our personalities, the makeup, how God has formed our life, he, he doesn't remove that. He, just, he modifies you know, our personality by just his spirit being in us. And I love that because he changes me from the inside out as he does you. So he did the same with David. And so we see David on this erratic pattern because he's being chased, and it's never a good place to be in, never a good place to be in. But I notice when it says in verse 1 there, uh, when, they, when it was told David, saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. And so David now, he's, he's got to think about um, these people. Saul should have been the one. Saul and his army should have been the one delivering Keilah from this enemy uh, uh, combat, this, this, this battle that was going on. But who did they go to? They, went to, they heard that David was in the area, and so they reached out to David because not everybody was opposed to David, but they were afraid to be associated with him because they knew Saul was after him. And people who were associated with David ended up dead. We see that even in the priesthood, you know, the priests of, of Nob. And, and so everyone's a little pensive being around David because they don't know what jealous Saul is going to do because he, he didn't believe Ahimelech. And he's not going to believe anybody else because that's what jealousy and hatred does. It, it's like a cancer. And, it, it, and, and no matter what somebody says, the person already, you know, Saul has already got his mind up. You're conspiring against me. You're, you're going against me. And that's what a paranoid person does. That's what a person not governed by the Spirit does. And robbing the threshing floors was a big deal because, as you remember, Israel, when they would thresh wheat, they would take it up on a high mountain or a high hill where the wind is blowing, and they would take that wheat and they would rub it in their hands, and then as the wind was blowing, the, the chaff would blow away in the wind, and the heavier grain would land on the ground, and they would have probably, you know, they would gather this stuff and collect it. And what the Philistines were doing is they were waiting for them to thresh their wheat and then going up and taking it from them, you know, after they've already done all the work. They've gone out in the fields, they've done this stuff, and, and they're threshing it, and the, and the enemy comes right in. The enemy never does any work. The enemy always robs from those who do the work. Isn't that just like the devil? He robs from you. He wants to take from you. In fact, didn't Jesus say he's a liar? He's a robber. He's a thief. He was from the beginning. He's the father of lies. And he's lying to you and you and I every day. Notice in verse 2, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack them and save Keilah. Notice how David, how his, um, he inquired of the Lord. He was a man of prayer. He was dependent upon God. And that is very uh, different from Saul, because Saul was very self-willed, very independent, kind of did what he wanted, how he felt. 
You know, be, be careful of, of your feelings, folks, because it's true that the, the devil loves to get us focused on our feelings rather than on the truth of the Word of God, rather than on the promises of God. And feelings are very, very, very significant because you know as well as I do, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, your emotions can get a hold of you and you, and, and you just feel like a different person. And oh, how careful we have to be. We have to be exceptionally careful in times like that. Otherwise, we're going to be all over the map. And so the Spirit of God, aren't you glad that he, when he comes inside of us, he modifies and he wants to control that old nature, those, those feelings, those emotions. Be careful with your feelings. But I love how David inquired of the Lord. David was a man of prayer. Are you a man of prayer? Are you a woman of prayer? Are you? It's what's lacking in the church today. You know, it's interesting that it's always been the thing that's lacking in the church. Not not just here. I mean, there's some wonderful prayer warriors here, and we have a great time on Tuesday nights when we have our prayer meeting. And I'm not knocking anybody here, but we could all do better. I know that I could do better. And certainly the churches in our country, they could do a whole lot better because we're losing so much, and we're not engaged with what the Lord is doing. We need to be men and women of prayer. And David here, is, he inquired of the Lord. He didn't just, you know, he had a lot of skills and abilities, but you don't see him just resting on the arm of the flesh, which is what we do in America. We rest on the arm of the flesh. We do what feels comfortable to us. Because we've done it for so long and it's worked so far, why change now? I get the results that I want, therefore I'm good. Isn't that the truth? It's the truth in my heart sometimes. Maybe you can relate to that. But it's very important. Join us Tuesday evening. Join us before services on Sunday morning. We have a prayer room right across the hall here. Join us, even for 15 minutes before the service. Just come in there. I would love for us to have such a, a, a great turnout that we would have to go into a bigger room. I really would. I, I really want to encourage you to really invest in prayer. Because remember, it's not just you speaking to the Lord, it's you hearing from him and agreeing with him and having his heart meld within your heart and for you to be talking back. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way conversation. Why? Because it's a relationship, right? We know that. But David here, as he inquires of the Lord, uh, we know that David's seer, meaning he was a, um, a seer, His name was Gad, and we know that Gad was with David at this time, so he's probably inquiring by Gad, and um, how that's happening, I don't really know. The scripture's silent, you know. He may have had Gad pray, and and the Lord was speaking through Gad as David was asking the questions, and Gad was giving him the answers. And, And I love the fact that David would be willing to submit to someone when David had a relationship with the Lord as well, but he knew that he trusted this man. You know, David wasn't so high and mighty, even at this, you know, he, was very, he, he wasn't even king yet, although he had been anointed already. He wasn't so high and mighty that he couldn't take direction from another man that God was using. And I, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing about David. And that's a wonderful thing about any servant of God. Any servant of God ought to be able to take that, you know, direction from, from, the, from the Lord, if it's the Lord. And obviously David trusted this man. He saw the character of this man. He knew this man's heart. And that's important. But David's men, verse 3, said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? And then David inquired of the Lord once again. 
So David already inquired of the Lord, and then his men said, you know what, we are just scared, honestly, David. You know, we're here in Judah, and Keilah is right on the border of the Philistine territory. We're scared as it is. We don't even want to go over there. So you might want to check with the Lord again. And you know what I love about the Lord? Is the Lord didn't break through the clouds and say, you guys are a bunch of wimps. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't come in and upbraid them. He didn't yell at them. And, and the same thing he did with Gideon. Remember back in Judges, when we were in Judges? Did God upbraid Gideon for his, his small faith? You know, and God was growing it, and that was okay, because he was growing, and God can, you know, a smoking flax he won't quench, you know. And I love that about the Lord. But no, David goes to the Lord again, and the Lord goes, I understand the way the guys are, but you know what? I'm going to tell you the same thing, David. Go, you and your men. You're going to do well. You're going to have victory over these men and I just love that about the Lord. He, he takes what we have, even our fears. And he's, he's not so uh, stern and so staunch that he's just like you either. It's my way or the highway all the time. It, it, it is that way, but he's so gentle in the way he gets us into it. His way is always the best. And when I deviate from his plan, I always find myself in a strait. I always find myself in trouble, always. He's got a better plan than you do than I do. His plan is good. Seek his face. Seek, find out what the word of God says. Find out the Lord's will for your life. It's because it's different. Every one of us in this room, God has a plan for, and it's going to look a little different. It's not going to violate his word at all, but it's different. And we ought to love and support one another in it, right? Pray, Pray for each other about it. Amen? But he is. He's gracious to help us when, we are, when our faith is weak. And he's been that way for me, too. When my faith has been weak, he's always been there to help me. You know, and I felt like just throwing in the towel. Have you ever felt like throwing in the towel? You're just like, you've had enough. You're just like, I'm done. And you run, you run to the Lord. I love the, the picture that he gives to it. He says, how I would have gathered you as a hen you know, putting your feathers over and covering. And, and see, that's the, the, the gentleness of God. Yes, he's a God of war, he's a God of power, but he's also the most gentle God imaginable. And he speaks to us in such loving ways, and I love that about him. Turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 5. I'd like to show you something, because as we looked at these two verses, you know, uh, verses 2 through 4, I want to show you something else in Second Samuel chapter 5. Beginning in verse 17, David, not too long after he assumed the the kingdom from Hebron, you remember in Hebron, he uh, was crowned king, and it wasn't long after that that the Philistines reared their head again. And notice in verse 17, and based on what we just read, Verses 2 through 4, let's read this passage, 17 through 25, and let me know if you see any similarities, and there's a good lesson here for us. It says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines also went, and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.